Good morning. Well, oh, there I can see. I always have to have the lighting where I can see my peeps. I got to be right there with you, okay? So you're going to be talking back to me, and we're in this thing together, right? I'm kind of back in the saddle now after that sabbatical. Buddy and I got a little bit of taste of freedom. I mean, like seven weeks of do whatever and go wherever. It was pretty awesome. But uh, it's also made me realize what an honor and a privilege that Buddy and I have to be able to do what we do. God has entrusted us with this, and it's pretty awesome. So we don't take that lightly, and it is good to be back and kind of be here. Well, uh, good morning, everybody. Good morning. All right, just wanted to loosen you up. Wasn't that a beautiful song? Honestly, that's my prayer, that we would be an army that would come alive if anything that this world needs in these days is to see real and genuine, somebody that really is living out the faith. And I have such a passion to pass this faith down to the next generation. The only way that's going to happen is if we genuinely live what we say we believe. And so that's my heart, and that's what that song was all about. Well, Solomon was a great king in the Bible. We're in a, a series called Seasons. And uh, Solomon wrote about that. He was a great king in the Bible. He wrote Ecclesiastes. He wrote Proverbs. And uh, he said that there is a time for everything. Now, maybe you don't know who Solomon is. And you heard that bird song, to everything. The buddy talked about a couple of weeks ago. Turn, turn, turn. There's a season for everything. And Solomon said that. He said, everything on earth needs a period of time to be brought to completion. Uh, I was talking to Arianne this morning, and she's about to deliver her little baby in another week. And uh, actually, many, many, many years ago, on this day, I was delivering my baby girl. Yeah, isn't that sweet? Time passes fast. But there, there's a, a period of time that's necessary for their little baby girl to be inside of her womb so that so that that little girl can be completed. And in her time, in the perfect timing, that little baby's going to spring forth into this world. There's a time for everything. And Solomon comes right out of the gate, and he says there's a time to be born, and there's a time to... Yes. And the time in between there is the amount of time that we get on this earth to be completed to head into eternity. That's the amount of time that we get. Now, sometimes that's only moments. Now, this is beautiful little Courtney Lamastus. She was a twin to Wyatt. But Courtney only had a few moments on this earth to be completed. And Melissa and, and Chad Lamastus allowed me to, to show Courtney and, and really, it's in honor of her life, very, very brief on this earth. So it might be moments, or it might be Jean Clément from France. 122 years, 167 days this woman lived on this earth. That's a long time. Anybody want to live that long? Well, you know what the old term, you do, Brian? Yeah, you know what the alternative, that means that I would only have lived half of my life so far. And I don't know, that's a, that's a lot of time on this earth. But she's kind of a spiffy little lady, isn't she? There's another picture of her smoking a cigarette. And, and she smoked cigarettes for like 89 years or something. And uh, 
You know, I, I went to YouTube as I was kind of researching this, and if you want to really laugh, uh, Jay Leno has an interview, it was too long, so I couldn't play it here, with a little lady that's over 100 years old, I think she's 105 years old, and I laughed and laughed and laughed, and then I went on to, uh, Johnny Carson has one, Ellen has one, if you watch these little uh, old people, uh, one of them had uh, the longest living identical twins, and they were like 101 years old, they were dressed alike, they were adorable, and I was watching all of these old people, and and then I looked in the mirror and I thought, man, you look really young. <laughs> so if you're feeling old, just go to watch those YouTube videos and, and then you'll see how young you really are. It's really, really fun. But anyway, that is our lifespan. We have a lifespan that we've been given. Isn't it interesting that all of us know our birth date, all of us know when we began, but none of us know our death date. It's open-ended, isn't it? The future is open-ended. We don't really know what that's going to look like. And uh, I was in, uh, it was 1982, and I was in graduate school, and so I needed a job uh, that was just a simple job, didn't have to think too much, so I had a job at a bank. I was a, a teller in the drive-in window, and all I had to do was count out money, cash checks, and then go home. Didn't have to think about it at all. And, and there were periods of time that were kind of boring, didn't have much to do. And I stumbled across this book, Passages. And it, it, it kind of began to revolutionize. You know, I was a new mom. I, I had a small child. And back in those days, the book that you read for new babies was Dr. Spock. Anyone remember that? Uh, pediatrician then Dr. Dobson came along. Now, now there's so much to read that you get. It's a sea of confusion. But back then, it was Dr. Dr. Spock, and what he did was he kind of gave you a heads up about what to expect in the development of a baby, of a child. And it was really helpful because being a new mom, it's kind of scary. The unknown is, is scary. You don't know exactly how things work. And what I found at that time was this book was the same thing for adults. I hadn't run across anything like that. It, it talked about the passages of life from the 20s and into the, the 30s and into the 40s and the 50s and, the, and so on. And it kind of, be, it, it talked about the transitions between those. And of course it said it was, it was fluid and it varies from person to person. But it kind of began to give me a heads up on what to expect in my future as far as the development of adult life. Because here I was, 20s, young child. I didn't know what life was going to be about. And of course, it couldn't tell me exactly what it was, but it, it began to kind of explain what the decades of life and what those transitions are. I, I was walking yesterday, and I found this picture, and you can't see it quite as vivid as what I saw when I took the picture of it. But this reminds me of transitions. And I'm sure people were wondering why I was taking pictures of their leaves in their yard, but that's just what I do when I walk. But uh, you see how you've got some vibrant red that has already changed, but then you've got shades of it and, and all the way to the green. That's a period of transition. And a lot of us understand periods of transition when we think of adolescence. Anybody have an adolescent child? It's like the blood stops flowing to the brain. And... and she, 
and changes, and changes, did you say amen? And changes begin to happen that you don't understand. And, and, and a lot of the reason that we don't have much tolerance for an adolescence is because we've forgotten what it was like for us to go through that, that stage of change. It's tough because you don't know what to expect and you're letting go of something. Uh, you're kind of, they're letting go of childhood and all these changes are happening in their body. Um, I hope he's not watching Jackson's at a, a swim meet and he's 10 years old and he said, I'm wearing deodorant now. He said, I don't, I don't think I really need it, but just in case. And I said, I think that's a good idea, Jackson. So, so they go through, you know, they go through all these kinds of changes and those transitions can be tough. And we can't know exactly what to expect, but we can kind of get a heads up. And that's what passages did for me. And, uh, and then there were, there were my grandparents. These are my grandparents. Aw, isn't that sweet? Grandpap and grandma, she was a baker. I love her apron there. But my grandpap, Stuart, was extremely active. I knew him as an act. He could, at 88 years old, he was still doing uh, softball. He was a pitcher. He was a bowler. He could take a broomstick like this, try it sometime, and jump through it. I mean, that's incredible. He was as active as I've seen. He was a coal miner when he was young, so he had a hard life, and he came through life and had a lot of changes, a lot of things. But in the last stage, the last season of his life, I saw him go through some of the tra most traumatic changes of his whole life. He had to stop driving. I mean, I was coming down the road one day, and I saw my grandpa coming around the corner, and there was a stop sign. He didn't even look at me. He went right around there without stopping. So at some point, he had to have his keys taken away. He was very independent. And then he had to make a move from an independent facility to a, a more uh, a care facility. And it was horrendous for him. And I watched my grandpa, and one thing I learned from him was, you know what, I better learn how to change. I better learn how to change. Because one thing that never changes is change. Change always happens throughout the life cycle from birth to death. And if I don't learn to navigate through change and through the changes of life with grace, I'm going to be thrown off, and, and my fulfillment and, and the abundant life is, is not going to be available to me because I'm so caught up in being tumbled and thrown by the changes that happen in life. One thing that's constant in life, one thing that never changes, is change. I mean, it's crazy to think about it like that. But you can expect it. Instead of resisting it, we need to expect it. Even come to a point that we need to learn how to embrace it. Because there's a rhythm to it. So that when change comes along and it, it rolls around, it won't steamroll me. Now, we can't know exactly what's going to happen. But we can have a heads up. And we can begin to prepare. Oh, by the way, uh, and Buddy gave this to me. I heard there's four seasons of a man's life. You want to hear what they are? <laughs> well, the, it's the time when he believes in Santa Claus. And then there's a time when he no longer believes in Santa Claus. And then there's a time when he is Santa Claus. 
And then there's a time when he looks like Santa Claus. <laughs> That's the transit. See what you have to look forward to, Mike? <laughs> See, those are slow changes, almost invisible to the eye. But over time, they show up, right? You say, where has the time gone? Those are slow changes. And then there's a change that can happen in the blink of an eye. I was at my brother's house in West Virginia, and he lives, lives right close to the road, and it's really loud, and so it's West Virginia, you put the windows up, and no AC, and, and I was in my room that morning doing a devotion. My brother has shattered his ankle, and so he's like usually active, and uh, he wasn't able to get around very well, so I'm sitting up in my, in my room listening, uh, doing my devotions, and I hear the most, the loudest, most incredible, most horrific, most horrible sound. Because every, every truck that goes by, it's busy road, every, every car that goes by sounds like it's coming right through my room. And I heard the most horrendous sound. And then I heard, oh, and I thought, oh my goodness, my brother has something horrible has happened, something's fallen on him. I ran down the steps, I'm thinking, I've gotta call 911. And my brother comes out of the room, he's okay. And I walk out onto the porch and I look right on the road and there's a, a, an SUV that has gone up a tree, hit a tree, head on. And the man is trapped in there and for an hour and a half, it's about a half an hour away from Princeton, so it took a while for the rescue squad to come. And I watched that whole process happen. And I thought, just like that, that man's life has changed forever. And so changes happen in our life. And when they do, what is that going to do to the quality and the fulfillment and the abundance that God has called us to have in our life? What is our fulfillment depending on? in our life, just like that. You see, the goal is to have a full and abundant life in every season. It's not that our youth is just great and we rise really quick and then we begin to plateau in the golden years and we say, wow, those were some good years. No, the goal is for us to, to grow and change in every season of life so that when we get to those golden years, we've built upon something in our life that brings as much fulfillment and abundance there as when we were young and the abundance and the fulfillment was there. Every season of life is to have that, not dependent on our circumstances, but something that has been sown with, within us. And it's, it's for us to learn how to navigate through those changes with grace. Because there's, there's changes that are predictable, there's changes that are unpredictable, that are, there are changes that are wanted, there are changes that are terribly unwanted. But what do we do with that? Solomon said, I know that there's nothing better for people than to be happy and do good while they live, that everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all of his toil. This is a gift of God for us. There's predictable change. Who remembers where you were just a few weeks ago, September 22nd at 1021 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time? Anybody remember where you were? 
<laughs> I'm laughing because I got some feedback last night what was going on in people's minds. Uh, everybody remembers where you were when the Challenger blew up, right? Why can't you remember two weeks ago, September 22nd? It's kind of a trick question. Of course you wouldn't remember. Something very quiet and silent happened. We changed our calendar, our dates, from summer to fall. The seasons changed, and you probably weren't even aware of that happening. That's when it officially changed. And, and some predictable things we know are going to happen, right? There's going to be some shorter days. Uh, our routines change, kids get back into school, and we settle into new routines. Those, those are predictable. Yet there's those tra that transition somewhere from August until now, October, there's some really annoying things that happen too, right? You don't know how to dress. I mean, you wear long sleeves and then you're really hot during the day. You have the heat on in the morning and the AC on in the afternoon. You begin to get those allergy headaches. You know, we're making a trans, yeah, I see the heads just, uh, th those transitions are like, okay, you know it's gonna happen, it's so annoying, right? Those transitions to change between the seasons. And really, change is about letting go. You know, I saw some people on Facebook say, oh, summer, please don't go away, kind of holding on to those lazy days of summer and how wonderful the warm and the vacations and all of that. Uh, and, then, and then, of course, there's Buddy that wants to change our summer flowers, those beautiful petunias that are still blooming. He says, we've got to have fall flowers now. And so when I went on my walk yesterday, ripped out all the petunias, and there were the mums. <laughs> I guess it's just a little harder for me to let go of things, and for him, he can just change like that. But change means letting go. It's tough, it's annoying, but it's exhilarating all at the same time because we know that something new can be on the horizon, and yet getting there is very tough, annoying. It's irritating. Sometimes it's very, very difficult going through those transitions. For me, it's technology. I hate new technology. If it touches on some kind of nerve inside of me and I'm still trying to discover what that is, but it really wears me out. I don't want to change. It, I, I, I am a step above a flip phone. I do have an iPhone, but I don't want to keep getting the six and the seven and the eight and whatever because it just, those changes are so annoying. And I asked Buddy, I said, is there a gender thing here? Is it harder for women to let go maybe sometimes? He said, no, I don't like plans to change. I don't like my plans to change. If a plan is in place, I want it to be carried out that way. You too, Joe? Yeah, keep the plan. And if anything disrupts that plan, okay, <laughs> we'll do it your way. <laughs> uh, and, and that's just who I But think about these transitions. <clears throat> we talked about adolescence. <clears throat> Excuse me. A child headed into adolescence, there's something very sad about that because you're leaving childhood behind and you're headed into this tumultuous teen years. If you think about a teen headed to college, we just had that happen. And boy, you can see Facebook light up when these teens are headed to college and they get their dorm room. And, and the, they're beginning to separate from their family. How about a college student? I've talked to a couple college students that are, about, that are going to graduate this year, and they're saying, uh, I don't know, I've got this degree, but I just want to keep working at the ice cream shop. 
you know? And that transition into adulthood is really hard. Think about changing jobs or changing cities or changing relationships. Insert the changes in your life into this. Buddy and I are heading into somewhere down the road in the near future, nearer than it's ever been. We've got a few years left, but we're heading into retirement. And, and we're, that's the unknown. It's almost like adolescence again. We don't know what to expect. We don't know what it's going to be like when we have just a little smidgen of the income that we have now. But we've been tithing all of our lives, and we know that God's already out there. He's already going to take care of us. Because our, our happiness is not dependent on how much our income is. Because we've been building and, and sowing some good seed into our hearts and, and look forward to a season that's going to be as fulfilling as any other season that we've had in our life. But we're headed into the unknowns. And then there are those unpredictable, unwanted life crises like deaths and accidents. Yet there are also welcome changes, too. In every season, we have struggles. How many, how many of you can remember some really wonderful times as a child, 0 to 20? How, can you also remember some struggles as a child, some big-time struggles? Sure. <laughs> Thanks, Kelly. <clears throat> Although it's just some, something in there. But um, see, then, when you get a bottle of water, then everybody watches you as you drink it, <laughs> which is a little annoying because it's a transition here between having that and you hearing it and not. That's good, isn't it? So in every season of our life, we have both difficulties and we have some wonderful things that happen in our life. I looked back over my life and my brother says that life is like a basketball game. You divide it up into quarters. The first quarter is 0 to 20 years old. The second quarter is 20 to 40 years old. The third quarter is 40 to 60 years old. And the, the fourth quarter is 60 to 80 years old. And anything after 80 years old is overtime, and it's a bonus. <laughs> and if you, look, if you look at your life in terms of a game, you know, I just went to a birthday party for my cousin, and she was 60. And I said, welcome to the fourth quarter. You know, because it kind of lets you know what to expect, and you can look back over the quarters of your life. And so I did that. I looked at the first quarter of my life, which also could be slash the spring of life, right? And in the, in the spring of my life, I had some wonderful things happen. I had a, honestly, I had a lovely childhood. I had wonderful parents. I had three older brothers. I was the apple of their eye. Not a better spot in the, in the family to be the first girl after three boys and a father that always wanted a girl. I mean, it was, it was wonderful. And then at 15 years old, my father died. So it went from this wonderful childhood to a, a, a huge tragedy happened in my life. That was the first quarter of my life. I looked at the second quarter of my life, and it was the summer of life. And that was when I had my baby girl. There is not a happy, there was not a happier day for me, I think, than when I had my baby girl. And I just called her this morning, Buddy and I, we always sing, and of course, Buddy has never been able to carry a tune in a, a bushel basket. But I, I said to Jody, I said, did you hear how he carried, he was on key? It was awesome. So that was the big news of the day for Jody and, and I. And, uh, and, and then 
in the same quarter of life, we uprooted our family. And you know what's at the top of the list of stressors? A huge move. We cut off all of our roots. Jody had been around her grandparents her whole life. We moved to Northern Virginia from Harrisonburg, which in itself was a total shock. We uprooted our family and everything changed for us. That was the second quarter of my life. And then in the third quarter of my life, in the fall of life, I had my first grandchild. It doesn't get any better than that. It just doesn't. It was so good. And then Salem Fields came into our life. It was in our 40s, from our 40s to 60s. This place, just God just honored us and blessed us with the body, the body of Christ that uh, has come to, to know Jesus. People have come, thousands of people have come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior as a result of this body of Christ. So it was, it was good. But also in that quarter of my life, I lost my mother. I lost two brothers, I lost my sister, and I lost my niece that was like a daughter to me. And now here I am in the fourth quarter of life, just getting started. And what I noticed as I look back over my life, because I'm in my future now, when I got that book, Passages, it was only the future, and now I'm in my future. And I can see the one constant in my life is that changes have happened throughout my life. And here I am headed into a new quarter of life, a new season of life, and there's still unknowns. And, and I don't quite know what to expect. And changes are, are still happening. There's been some wonderful things. We get to travel. Uh, there are some seasoned insights that you get as you can look back on life. It can be very wonderful. It can be very, um, it can be difficult as well, but it can be wonderful. And retirement is not so far away. And it's so fascinating to me that we can know our birth date, but this open-endedness is something that we have to contend with as well. In all four seasons of life, every season, every season presents this mixed bag of wonderful things and not so wonderful things. How are you navigating through change? Is it with grace? Are you sowing good seed into your heart so that each season has abundance and fulfillment as Solomon told us? In Timothy it says, be prepared in season and out of season. The quality of our life in every season will be dependent on how we choose to respond when both those predictable and unpredictable changes happen. And I love that all of you have taken time to come to a place where you can slow down and you can think about these things and you can sit where the power of the Holy Spirit has the opportunity to speak to your heart and to speak into some good soil in your heart. So how can we be prepared for the unknown, for what's out ahead? Well, Solomon says that when we join God and when we join his design and when we join his rhythm, just like winter, spring, summer, fall, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there's a rhythm to life. 
And when we join God's rhythm, he makes everything beautiful in its time. Because he sets, the scripture says, he sets eternity. He sets some things in us and we get to choose how we're gonna live it out in this period of time that we have on earth. He sets eternity in our heart and then we get to choose if we go on his path or return to something else and all of us get that choice. God never coerces us to go on his path, never. He never forces us and if anybody tries to do that to you, run the other way because that's not Jesus, that's not God. He gives us a choice, but he sets eternity in our heart. And then we get to choose which path will go on. On that course, on his course, we head toward a beauty that we can't even fathom. And I don't say that because I'm saying that. I say that on the authority of God's word. Something that we can't even fathom, but we have to trust that. We have to trust that his path that his rhythm, that his way, through all of the changes of our life is where we want to set the course of our own lives. But you see, it takes time. We don't like to wait, do we? And it, it takes focus to prepare. And see, too often, we veer off the path and we interfere with the flow of his timing or we try to avoid the struggles. We don't want the struggles. We want an easier life. We want it to be a little more comfortable. And we resist change and we, we, we turn away from the very thing that he wants to use to complete us in this period of time from birth to death. We get impatient, we'll rush a season, or we'll hold on too long, or we'll try to fix something that needs to be left alone. And we need wisdom to stay that course. When we can realize that the annoying, the uncomfortable, the irritable, the difficult struggles are the actual tools that God wants to use to shape us and to mold us into that beautiful creation that he designed to be, then we'll stop and we'll look at what these changes are trying to teach us. There was a man that found a cocoon and he wanted to watch this beautiful butterfly happen. And so he took it home and he anticipated to watch it emerge out of the cocoon. And there was a small opening. You can see there's a small opening there that appeared and he sat for several hours and it took forever. This is kind of time lapse. So we're getting the advantage of being very impatient and watching it happen. This would happen over hours. And he got very impatient. He said, you know what? I just want to help that butterfly get out of that cocoon because he saw the butterfly was struggling. And at one point, it seemed as though the progress had stopped. And he said, I'm going to help this butterfly get out. And the man in his kindness had goodness in his heart. He decided to help the little creature. So he took a pair of scissors and he snipped that cocoon and he snipped the remaining bit of it and sure enough the butterfly emerged easily not like this what happened was the the butterfly fell to the floor 
and the body was swollen and it was small and the wings were wrinkled and it was shriveled and the man expected at any moment for the wings to come up and for the butterfly to fly away, but it never did. It didn't happen. In fact, the little butterfly spent the rest of its life crawling around on the ground. Shriveled wings, never able to fly. You see, that man was kind, and he didn't understand that the struggle was necessary for this butterfly to, to, to have the fluids that would come to the wings that would actually allow the butterfly to come out and fly. The struggle was necessary for that. And, and when the butterfly comes out, even Colin explained this to me because he studied butterflies. He said it'll hang there for hours because still it's in the developmental stage where the fluids need to, the wings will eventually come out. And that's what happens to us in life, isn't it? We want something, we get impatient. And we forget that God has a timing and a rhythm to everything on earth, including us, including our development. Freedom and flight would only come for this butterfly after the struggle. By depriving it of the struggle, he deprived it of health. And people say, God, why are you sitting by? Why don't you do something? I know you have the power to do something. Doesn't this put that in complete different perspective? Because he says, I love you. And I know that part of what this struggle is in your life is a tool that I can use to develop you into a full blossoming, blooming creation that I originally designed you to be. But you get to choose which path you're going to focus on. You see, there's power in the struggle, and we try to make that go away. We cripple ourselves spiritually. Every change, every struggle is an opportunity to develop a deeper richer life. You see, in those difficult seasons of change, because the winds of change will always be blowing in our life, and during those times throughout the, from birth to death, we need to have something that never changes. We need to have something that we can hold on to in every season of life. I've heard of some young women that have gone through horrendous abuse, but they learned about Jesus early in their life. And they would witness to the fact that Jesus was the only one that got them through life with health. We need some timeless truths that we can hold on to throughout our lifespan. And the best one that I've found throughout my life is simply Jesus. He's been the constant in my life through everything that has happened. I've just hunkered down with him. I chose in every difficult situation, whether it was through deaths of people that I loved or in my marriage, in those struggles that, that we've had, because you don't have a 42-year marriage without a lot of struggles. But I decided that Jesus 
was going to be the one I was going to hold on to. I was introduced to him at a very young age. Maybe you haven't been until you were an adult, but it's never too late to set your heart of eternity and your focus on Jesus. Because it says, it says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because you don't have to fear the future because he's already there. He's already got that in your life. And, and in Malachi, it says, I, the Lord, do not change. I like that. Because he's my stability. You see, expect, we need to expect that changes are going to rock our world. They're going to rock our world. They're going to pull the rug out from under us. They're going to blow us off the path. But that word turn means that we have a choice. I get to choose which way I'm going to turn towards the path that has been set towards eternity or toward my own way. Because you know what we do as people? We try to find something. We go to somebody else, another relationship, another substance or whatever, because we want it to feel better. Instead of saying, you know what? I need to sit in my pain and see what this struggle's teaching me, and I need to do it with Jesus. And my life is a witness to that. There have been a lot of unwanted things in my life. But I made a decision at 26 years old when I read that book. The one thing that I decided I was going to do when I gave my life completely to him, I said, every time I have opportunity to go my way or God's way, I'm going to choose God. It was simple. Every time I got in that situation, was it easy? Absolutely not. It was excruciating. It's a whole lot easier to avoid the pain, to find something that's going to make it feel better, to find someone else that will tell me what I want them to tell me. But I chose to sit in it. And you know when I feel that God completed that in me? When I lost my niece a couple of years ago. I've lost so many people to death in my life. But I just got up and I just went on. But I finally learned how to grieve when I sat in the pain and I thought I would never stop crying. But Jesus, I, with Jesus, I clearly knew one day I would. One day the sun would come up again because I knew that only he could heal me in that pain. It's excruciating. But that's God's timing. That's what Solomon talks about. There's a time for everything to be completed. It's not to avoid it. It's not to take it away. It's not to make the struggle go away. But it's to sit there with Jesus. Develop your relationship with Jesus. Secondly, allow his word to be the voice that guides you. We want to run to a friend. We want to run to uh, somebody else and say, well, what would you do in this situation? Or what do you think in this situation? If we could learn that we first run to his word, because this is what it says. It says, the grass withers and the flowers fall. Everything fades away, but the word of God endures forever. We can count on it. Find out what it says in the Bible. 
It's designed to be the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And I wanna give you a promise at the very end of this message that I think is just the most incredible promise from God that we can hang on to. But in the meantime, we can know that Jesus and his word is designed to give us, to, to bring us clarity and stability and comfort. And it can keep us from it can help us resist the temptation to step over into our own way. That's what the Holy Spirit and his power can do for us. The Bible says all people are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers in the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. It's not nearly as tough as we make it. Turn to Jesus, find out what his word says. And then Solomon says, pursue wisdom. King Solomon wrote the Proverbs, they're right there in the Bible, to teach us how to live in every season of life. In every circumstance, no matter what happens to you, from birth to death, we have a roadmap that we can go to. Solomon did that for us. And he said, now key into this scripture. I know that you wanna be distracted by the band, but key into this scripture because it's the word of God that will speak to your heart. I may put the scripture out there, but it's the Holy Spirit that wants to penetrate your heart with his word. Listen to this. How does a person become wise? Well, the first step is to trust and reverence the Lord. Only fools refuse to be taught. That means that it's our responsibility to have an open heart, for our heart to be good soil, for the word of the Lord to penetrate. Now listen to this promise. The Lord grants wisdom. His every word is a treasure of knowledge and understanding. He grants good sense to the godly. He's their shield protecting them and guarding their pathway. He shows, here's, what, here's the part that I really want you to brew on. Because we'll say, I don't know what's right. I don't know what's wrong. And I'm gonna point you to his word. When you come to me and say, well, what's the right thing to do? I'm not gonna give you that answer. Because you see, we don't go to the, we, we sometimes, we won't understand, we don't go for answers, we go for the Lord to speak to us what the truth is. And it says he shows us how to distinguish right from wrong. That's a personal thing between you and the Lord. How to find the right decision every time. Is that incredible? But you see, it takes a little longer <laughs> than when you go to somebody and say, well, tell me what you'd do. It takes time. And here's what it says, for wisdom and truth will enter the very center of your being, filling your life with joy. Is that incredible? I don't know why everybody, <laughs> I don't know. You see, the winds of change are always in the air. You don't need to fear. Jesus is already there. He's already there on your death date. Solomon said, the time that we have on earth from birth to death is the season that he's given us to be completed. And his timing is perfect, just like the rhythms of the season. 
You ask any person in the fourth quarter of their life, and they'll tell you, life goes fast. Life goes fast. I know when you're a child, you think it's like endless because there are so many things that it just time goes slow. But the older you get, the faster it seems to go. Now, I know in my mind the clock doesn't change. But you ask anyone in the fourth quarter of life, and they'll tell you, it goes by fast. And my prayer for you, my prayer for me, my prayer for my family, is that we set our sight on eternity and we take that path. And my challenge to you today and as we do this song is I just wonder, you know, if you don't know Jesus as your personal savior, if, if you don't even know how to turn to him, we want to talk to you about that. There are pastors here that would love to talk to you about that. We offer Jesus. We want you to have a relationship with Jesus. But I also, in that song that Peyton sang, it says, rise up an army that comes alive. And my prayer for us is that we would people, be people that would make a declaration to say, life is short. I choose to live it well in every season of my life.